story one of jim the story of a backwoods police dog and other stories by charles roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain story one part three the hole in the tree one it was woolly billy who discovered the pile notes and silver with a few stray gold pieces so snugly hidden under the fish hawk's nest the fishhawk's nest was in the crotch of the old half-dead rock maple on the shore of the desolate little lake which lay basking in the flatlands about a mile back behind brine's rip mills as the fishhawk is one of the most estimable of all the wilderness folk both brave and inoffensive troubling no one except the fat and lazy fish that swarmed in the lake below and as he is protected by a superstition of the backwoodsmen who say it brings ill luck to disturb the domestic arrangements of a fish-hawk the big nest conspicuous for miles about was never disturbed by even the most amiable curiosity but woolly billy not fully acclimatized to the backwoods tradition and superstition and uninformed as to the firmness and decision with which the fish-hawks are apt to resent any intrusion had long hankered to explore the mysteries of that great nest one morning he made up his mind to try it tug blackstock deputy sheriff of nipsiwaska county was away for a day or two and old mrs amos his housekeeper was too deaf and rheumatic to fuss herself greatly about the goings-on of so fantastic a child as woolly billy so long as she knew he had jim to look after him this serves to explain how a small boy like woolly billy his seven years and nine months resting lightly on his amazingly fluffy shock of pale flaxen curls could be trotting off down the lonely backwoods trail with no companion or guardian but a big black dog woolly billy was familiar with the mossy old trail to the lake and did not linger upon it reaching the shore he wasted no time throwing sticks in for jim to retrieve but in spite of the dog's eager invitations to this pastime made his way along the dry edge between undergrowth and water till he came to the bluff pushing laboriously through the hot aromatic scented tangle of bushes he climbed to the foot of the old maple which looked dwarfed by the burden of the huge nest carried in its crotch woolly billy was an expert tree-climber but this great trunk presented new problems twice he went round it finding no likely spot to begin then certain roughnesses tempted him and he succeeded in drawing himself up several feet serene in the consciousness of his good intentions he struggled on he gained perhaps another foot then he stuck he pulled hard upon a ragged edge of bark trying to work his way further around the trunk a patch of bark came away suddenly in his grip and he fell backwards with a startled cry he fell plump on jim rolled off into the bushes picked himself up shook the hair out of his eyes and stood staring up at a round hole in the trunk where the patch of bark had been a hole in a tree is always interesting it suggests such possibilities forgetting his scratches woolly billy made haste to climb up again in spite of jim's protest he peered eagerly into the hole but he could see nothing and he was cautious for one could never tell what lived in a hole like that or what the occupant if there happened to be any might have to say to an intruder he would not venture his hand into the unknown 
he slipped down got a bit of stick and thrust that into the hole there was no result but he learnt that the hole was shallow he stirred the stick about there came a slight jingling sound in return woolly billy withdrew the stick and thought for a moment he reasoned that a thing that jingled was not at all likely to bite he dropped the stick and cautiously inserted his hand to the full length of his little arm his fingers grasped something that felt more or less familiar and he drew forth a banknote and several silver coins woolly billy's eyes grew very round and large as he stared at his handful he was sure that money did not grow in hollow trees tug blackstock kept his money in an old black wallet woolly billy liked money because it bought peppermints and molasses candy and ginger pop but this money was plainly not his he reluctantly put it back into the hole thoughtfully he climbed down he knew that money was such a desirable thing that it led some people bad people whom tug blackstock hated to steal what did not belong to them he picked up the patch of bark and laboriously fitted it back into place over the hole lest some of these bad people should find the money and appropriate it not a word now not a single word he admonished jim till tug comes home we'll tell him all about it two it was five o'clock in the sleepy summer afternoon and the flies buzzed drowsily among the miscellaneous articles that graced the windows of the corner store the mills had shut down early because the supply of logs was running low in the boom and no more could be expected until there should be a rise of water some half-dozen of the mill-hands were sitting about the store on nail-kegs and soap-boxes while zeb smith the proprietor swung his long legs lazily from the edge of the littered counter woolly billy came in with a piece of silver in his little fist to buy a packet of tea for mrs amos jim not liking the smoke stayed outside on the plank sidewalk and snapped at flies the child who was regarded as the mascot of brine's rip mills was greeted with a fire of solemn chaff which he received with an impartial urbanity oh, quick coddlin the kitty and don't try to be so smart growled long jackson the magadavi riverman lifting his gaunt length from a pile of axe handles and thrusting his fist deep into his trousers pocket here zeb give me a box of peppermints for woolly billy he ain't been in to see us this long while he pulled out a handful of coins and dollar bills and proceeded to select a silver bit from the collection the sight was too much for woolly billy bursting with his secret i know where there's lots more money than that he blurted out proudly in a hole in a tree during the past twelve months or more there had been thefts of money usually of petty sums in brine's rip mills and the neighbourhood and all tug blackstock's detective skill had failed to gain the faintest clue to the perpetrator suspicions there had been but all had vanished into thin air at the touch of investigation woolly billy's amazing statement therefore was like a little bombshell in the shop every one of his audience stiffened up with intense interest one swarthy keen-featured slim-waisted half-indian-looking fellow with the shapely hands and feet that mark so many of the indian mixed bloods was sitting on a bale of homespun behind long jackson and smoking solemnly with half-closed lids 
his eyes opened wide for a fraction of a second and darted one searching glance at the child's face then he dropped his lids slowly once more till the eyes were all but closed the others all stared eagerly at woolly billy pleased with the interest he had excited woolly billy glanced about him and shook back his mop of pale curls self-consciously lots more he repeated big handfuls then he remembered his discretion his resolve to tell no one but tug blackstock about his discovery seeking to change the subject he beamed upon long jackson thank you long he said politely i love peppermints and jim loves em too where did you say that hole in the tree was asked long jackson reaching for the box that held the peppermints and ostentatiously filling a generous paper bag woolly billy looked apologetic and deprecating please long if you don't mind very much i can't tell anybody but tug blackstock that jackson laid the bag of peppermints a little to one side as if to convey that their transfer was contingent upon woolly billy's behaviour the child looked wistfully at the coveted sweets then his red lips compressed themselves with decision and resentment i won't tell anybody but tug blackstock of course said he and i don't want any peppermints thank you long he picked up his package of tea and turned to leave the shop angry at himself for having spoken of the secret and angry at jackson for trying to get ahead of tug blackstock jackson looked annoyed at the rebuff extended his leg and closed the door woolly billy's blue eyes blazed one of the other men strove to propitiate him oh come on woolly billy he urged coaxingly don't get riled at long you and him's pals you know we're all pals o yourn and a tug's and there ain't no harm at all at all and you're showin us this here treasure that you've lit on to besides you know there's likely some of that's their treasure belongs to usins here come on now and take us to your hold in the tree you ain't a-goin to get out of this here store willie billy i tell you that till you promise to take us to it right off said long jackson sharply willie billy was not alarmed in the least by this threat but he was so furious that for a moment he could not speak he could do nothing but stand glaring up at long jackson with such fiery defiance that the good-natured mill-hand almost relented but it chanced that he was one of the sufferers and he was in a hurry to get his money back at this point the swarthy woodsman on the bale of homespun opened his narrow eyes once again took the pipe from his mouth and spoke up wet plague and that kid long he drawled the cash'll be all there when tug blackstock gets back and it'll save a lot of trouble and misunderstandin havin him to see to dividin it up fair and square let woolly billy out long jackson shook his head obstinately and opened his mouth to reply but at this moment woolly billy found his voice let me out let me out let me out he screamed shrilly stamping his feet and clenching his little fists instantly a heavy body was hurled upon the outside of the door striving to break it in zeb smith swung his long legs down from the counter hurriedly the kid's right and black dan's right open the door long and do it quick i don't want that there dog comin through the winder and he'll be a-doin it too in half a jiff get along then woolly if you insist on it 
but no more peppermints mind growled jackson throwing open the door and stepping back discreetly as he did so jim came in with a rush just saving himself from knocking woolly billy over one swift glance assured him that the child was all right but very angry about something it's all right jim come with me said woolly billy tugging at the animal's collar and the pair stalked away haughtily side by side three tug blackstock arrived the next morning about eleven before he had time to sit down for a cup of that strenuous black tea which the woodsmen consume at all hours he had heard from woolly billy's eager lips the story of the hole in the tree beneath the fish-hawk's nest he heard also of the episode at zeb smith's door but woolly billy by this time had quite forgiven long jackson so the incident was told in such a way that blackstock had no reason to take offence long tried hard said the child to get me to tell where that hole was but i wouldn't and black dan was awful nice and made him stop bothering me and said i was quite right not to tell anybody till you came home cause you'd know what to do hmm said the deputy sheriff thoughtfully long's had a lot of money stole from him so of course he wanted to get his eye onto that hole quick but tain't like black dan to be that thoughtful maybe he hasn't had none taken while he was speaking a bunch of the mill hands arrived at the door word of blackstock's return having gone through the village we want to go and help you find that treasure tug said long jackson glancing somewhat sheepishly at woolly billy a friendly grin from the child reassured him and he went on with more confidence we tried to get the kitty to tell us where twas but wild steers wouldn't drag it out of him till you got back that's right long agreed blackstock but it don't need to be no expedition we don't want the whole village traipsin after us you and three or four more of the boys that's lost money come along with woolly billy and me and the rest of you meet us at the store in about a couple of hours time tell any other folks you see that i don't want em follerin after us because it may mix up things and anyways i don't want it see after a few moments hesitation and consultation the majority of the mill hands turned away leaving long jackson and big andy stevens the blue-eyed giant from the oromtoko who had been one of the chief victims and macdonald and black sanders and black dan whose name had been dan black till the whim of the woodsman turned it about blackstock eyed them appraisingly i didn't know as you'd been one of the victims too dan he remarked didn't you tug returned black with a short laugh well i didn't say nothing about it cause i was after doing a little detective work on me own and maybe i'll have got it in ahead of you if woolly billy here hadn't a been so smart but i tell you tug if that there treasure's the lot we're thinking it is there ought to be a five-dollar bill in it what i've marked hm grunted the deputy hastily gulping down the last of his tea and rising to his feet but woolly billy and me and jim's a combination pretty hard to get ahead of i'm thinkin as the party neared the bluff whereon the tree of the fish-hawk's nest stood ragged against the sky the air grew rank with the pungent odor of skunk now skunks were too common in the region of brine's rip mills for that smell as a rule to excite any more comment than an occasional disgusted execration when it became too concentrated but to-day it drew more than passing attention macdonald sniffed intently 
it's deuced queer said he but i've noticed there's always been a smell of skunk round when anybody's lost anything did it ever strike you that way tug yes some assented the deputy curtly it's a skunk all right that's been taking our money said big andy if he don't carry his tail over his back every one of the party was sniffing the tainted air as if the familiar stench were some rare perfume all but jim he had had an encounter with a skunk once in his impulsive puppy days and the memory was too painful to be dwelt upon as they climbed the slope one of the fish hawks came swooping down from somewhere high in the blue and began circling on slow wings about the nest that cross old bird doesn't like visitors remarked woolly billy you wouldn't neither woolly billy if you was a fish hawk said jackson arrived at the tree woolly billy pointed eagerly to a slightly broken piece of bark a little above the height of the deputy's head there's the hole he cried clapping his hands in his excitement as if relieved to find it had not vanished keep off a bit now boys cautioned blackstock drawing his long hunting-knife he carefully loosened the bark without letting his hand come in contact with it and on the point of the knife laid it aside against the foot of the trunk don't any of you touch it he admonished then he slipped his hand into the hole and felt about a look of chagrin came over his face and he withdrew his hand empty nothing there said he it was there yesterday morning protested woolly billy his blue eyes filling with tears yes yes of course agreed blackstock glancing slowly around the circle of disappointed faces somebody from the store's been blabbing exclaimed black dan in a loud and angry voice and why not protested big andy with a guilty air we never said nothing about keeping it a secret in spite of their disappointment the mill hands laughed big andy was not one to keep a secret in any case and his weakness for a certain pretty widow who kept the post office was common comment big andy responded by blushing to the roots of his blond hair jim commanded the deputy and the big black dog bounded up to him his eyes bright with expectation the deputy picked him up and held him aloft with his muzzle to the edge of the hole smell that he ordered and jim sniffed intently then he set him down and directed him to the piece of bark that too jim's nose investigated minutely his feathered tail slowly wagging seek him ordered blackstock jim whined looked puzzled and sniffed again at the bark the information which his subtle nose picked up there was extremely confusing first there was the smell of skunk but that smell of skunk was everywhere dulling the keenness of his discrimination then there was a faint faint reminiscence of woolly billy but there was woolly billy at tug blackstock's side certainly there could be no reason for him to seek woolly billy then there was an elusive tangled scent which for some moments defied him at last however he got a clue to it with a pleased bark his way of saying eureka he whipped about trotted over to big andy Stevens, sat down in front of him and gazed up at him with tongue hanging out and an air of friendly inquiry as much as to say here i am andy but i don't know what tug blackstock wants me to seek you for seeing as you're right here alongside him big andy dropped his hand on the dog's head familiarly then noticing the sudden tense silence of the party his eyes grew very big and round 
what are you all staring at me for boys he demanded with a sort of uneasy wonder ax jim responded black dan harshly i reckon old jim's makin a mistake for once tug drawled long jackson who was andy's special pal the deputy rubbed his lean chin reflectively there could be no one more above suspicion in his eyes than this transparently honest young giant from the Oromtoko. but jim's curious action had scattered to the winds at least for a moment a sort of hypothesis which he had been building up in his mind at the same time he felt dimly that a new clue was being held out to him if he could only grasp it he wanted time to think we can all make mistakes he announced sententiously come here jim seek em boy seek em and he waved his hand at large jim bounced off with a joyous yelp and began quartering the ground hither and thither all about the tree big andy at a complete loss for words stood staring from one to another with eyes of indignant and incredulous reproach suddenly a yelp of triumph was heard in the bushes a little way down towards the lake and jim came racing back with a dark magenta article in his mouth at the foot of the tree he stopped and looked at blackstock interrogatively receiving no sign whatever from his master whose face had lit up for an instant but was now as impassive as a hitching post he stared at black dan for a few seconds and then let his eyes wander back to andy's face in the midst of his obvious hesitation the oromoco man stepped forward durned if that ain't one of my old mittens he exclaimed eagerly what's this knit for me i've been lookin for em everywhere bring it here jim as the dog trotted up with it obediently the deputy intervened and stopped him you shall have it by and by andy said he if it's yourn but just now i don't want nobody to touch except jim if you acknowledge it's yourn well of course it's mine interrupted andy resentfully and i want to find the other one so do i said blackstock drop it jim go find the other mitt as jim went ranging once more through the bushes the whole party moved around to the other side of the tree to get out of the downpour of the noon sun as they passed the magenta mitten black dan picked it up and examined it ostentatiously how do you know it's yourn andy he demanded there's lots of magenta mitts in the world i reckon tug blackstock turned upon him i said i didn't want no one to touch that mitt he snapped oh uh, beg pardon tug said dan dropping the mitt i forgot s'pose it's some kind of confusing jim scent getting another smell beside andy's on to it it might replied the deputy coolly and then again it mightn't for a little while every one was quiet listening to jim as he crashed about through the bushes and confidently but unreasonably expecting him to reappear with the other mitten or at least that was what big andy and woolly billy expected the deputy at least did not at last he spoke i agree with mac here boys said he that there may be something more'n skunk in this skunk smell we'll just look into it a bit you all keep back a ways and you long just keep an eye on woolly billy if you don't mind while i go on with jim he whistled to the dog and directed his attention to a spot at the foot of the tree exactly beneath the hole jim sniffed hard at the spot then looked up at his master with tail drooping despondently yes i know it skunk plain skunk agreed the deputy but i want him seek him jim seek him boy 
thus reassured jim's tail went up again he started off through the bushes down towards the lake with his master close behind him the rest of the party followed thirty paces or so behind the trail led straight down to the lake's edge here jim stopped short that skunk's a kind of water baby remarked long jackson oh do you think so queried woolly billy much interested of course answered jackson don't you see he's took to the water now your common no-account skunk hates wettin his fur like pison the deputy examined the hard white sand at the water's edge it showed faint traces of moccasined feet he pursed his lips it was an old game but a good one this breaking a trail by going into the water he had no way of deciding whether his quarry had turned up the lake shore or down towards the outlet he guessed at the latter as the more likely alternative jim trotted slowly ahead sniffing every foot of ground along the water's edge as they approached the outlet the shore became muddy and jackson swung woolly billy up onto his shoulder once in the outlet the foreshore narrowed to a tiny strip of bare rock between the water and an almost perpendicular bank covered with shrubs and vines all at once the smell of skunk which had been almost left behind returned upon the air with fresh pungency blackstock stopped short and scanned the bank with narrowed eyes a second or two later jim yelped his signal and his tail went up he sniffed eagerly across the ribbon of rock and then leapt at the face of the bank the deputy called him off and hurried to the spot the rest of the party much excited closed up to within four or five paces when a wave of the deputy's hand checked them phew ejaculated black dan holding his nose there's a skunk hole in that there bank you'll be getting something in the eye tug if you don't keep off blackstock who was busy pulling apart the curtain of vines paid no attention but long jackson answered sarcastically you call yourself a woodsman dan said he and you don't know that the hole where a skunk lives don't smell any your real skunks are quite a gentleman and keeps his home always clean and tidy tug blackstock ain't a-goin to get nothin in the eye well i reckon we'd better smoke said black dan amiably pulling out his pipe and filling it and the others followed his example blackstock thrust his hand in a shallow hole in the bank quite hidden by the foliage he drew out a pair of moccasins water-soaked and hurriedly set them down on the rock for all their soaking they reeked of skunk he picked up one on the point of a stick and examined it minutely in spite of all the soaking the soul to his initiated eye still bore traces of that viscous oily liquid which no water will wash off the strangling exudation of the skunk's defensive gland it was just what he had expected the moccasin was neat and slim and of medium size not more than seven at most he held it up that all might see it clearly does this belong to you andy stevens he asked there was a jeer from the group and big andy held up an enormous foot which might by courtesy have been numbered a thirteen it was a point upon which the oromocto man was usually sensitive but to-day he was proud of it you'll have to play cinderella tug and find out what little foot it fits on to suggested macdonald the deputy fished again in the hole he drew forth a magenta mitten dropped it promptly then held it up on the point of his stick at arm's length it had been with the moccasins big andy stepped forward to claim it then checked himself 
the mite too strong for me now he protested i'll have to get sis to hit me another pair i guess blackstock dropped the offensive thing beside the moccasins at his feet and reached once more into the hole he ain't taken no risks this time boy said blackstock he's took the swag with him there was a growl of disappointment long jackson could not refrain from a reproachful glance at woolly billy but refrained from saying the obvious what are you gonna do about it tug demanded black dan have you any kind of a real clue do you think now wait and see was blackstock's noncommittal reply he picked up the moccasins and mitten again on the point of his stick scanned the bank sharply to make sure his quarry had not gone that way and led the procession once more down along the rocky shore of the stream seek him he said again to jim and the dog as before trotted on ahead sniffing along by the water's edge to intercept the trail of whoever had stepped ashore the party emerged at length upon the bank of the main stream and turned upwards toward brine's rip after they had gone about half a mile they rounded a bend and came in sight of a violent rapid which cut close inshore at this point it would be obviously impossible for any one walking in the shallow water to avoid coming out upon dry ground tug blackstock quickened his pace and waved jim forward a sharp oath broke from black dan's lip i've been and gone and left my backy pouch behind by the skunk's hole he announced and grumbling under his breath he turned back down the shore blackstock ran on as if suddenly in a great hurry just where the shallow water ended at the foot of the rapid jim gave his signal with voice and tail he raced up the bank to a clump of bushes and began thrashing about in them what do you suppose he's found there asked big andy scent and lots of it no mistake this time announced macdonald ain't you caught on to jim's signs yet jim said the deputy sharply but not loud fetch him jim with nose in air instead of to the ground set off at a gallop down the shore in the direction of the outlet the deputy turned about dan he shouted peremptorily come back here i want you instead of obeying black dan dashed up the bank running like a deer and vanished into the bushes i knew it that's the skunk boys go home you billy cried blackstock and started after the fugitive the rest followed close at his heels but jackson cried you better call off jim quick dan's got a gun on him the deputy gave a shrill whistle and jim who was just vanishing into the bush stopped short at the same instant a shot rang out from the bushes and the dog dropped in his tracks with a howl of anguish blackstock's lean jaws set themselves like iron he whipped out his own heavy colt and the party tore on till they met jim dragging himself towards them with a wounded hind leg trailing pitifully the deputy gave one look at the big black dog heaved a breath of relief and stopped tain't no manner o use chasin him now boys he decreed because as we all know dan can run right away from the best runner amongst us but now i know him and i'm suspicioned him this two months only i couldn't get no clue i'll get him never you fear just now you'd better help me carry jim home so's we can get him doctored up and in good shape i reckon nipsiwaska county can't afford to lose mr assistant deputy sheriff that there skunk oil on dan's moccasin fooled both jim and me good and plenty didn't it but whatever did he want of my mitts demanded big andy now ye air a saphead 
andy stevens growled macdonald if you can't see that end of story one part three